This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. enemy is not physical. Our enemy is not human. There's a spiritual dynamic behind it. The persecution that as Christians we're promised that we will undergo, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But the persecution is often spiritual, it's always spiritual in nature. Manifests in our physical realm where we live, but it's not coming from that physical realm. Have you ever wondered why God allowed His disciples to be mistreated? How should we respond when we are mistreated for our devotion to God? What do we do when our prayers seem to be left unanswered? Today, Pastor Robert will answer these questions and more as we study Acts chapter 12. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. Peter's looking around realizing, wow, I thought I was a dead man, and I'm free. And so now he goes, the first thing he does, notice, is he goes to where he knows they'll be. He goes to where he knows they'll be. He knew that the church was going to be gathered together, and he knew where. John Mark, you know, later the Gospel of Mark, and and most scholars believe that Mark wrote down what Peter dictated, but Peter goes to Mark's house. Mark's just a teenager. He's just a kid. But it is believed by historians that John Mark's home was where the upper room was, where they had their the Last Supper with the Lord Jesus, where Pentecost happened, and now where now the, the church is gathered together praying for Peter. Look at this. Verse 13 says, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Girl, you've lost it. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. When they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them, how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Now, here you've got this this girl, household servant. The the name, by the way, translated would be Rosa. It meant rose. So here you've you've got little Rosa, and she comes. and, And what the Greek text indicates is she was listening at the door. Remember, this is a time of persecution. 
She didn't just go open the door. She didn't, you know, she's listening. And she recognized Peter's voice. And she goes back in and she's telling him, guys, she's interrupting their prayer time. Remember, they're all crying out to God. Oh, God, Peter's in prison. No, no, no. Hey, he's at the door. Rosa, you've lost your mind. Can't you see we're praying here? If, I mean, why would we be praying for Peter if he was outside? He's not outside the door. He's in prison. They've got him chained. They've got soldiers. No, no, no. I'm telling you. I just heard his voice. I know his voice. He's at the door. It can't be Peter, Rosa. I'm sorry. It can't be. It is. I'm telling you. Come look. You need to come check. So they go. And when they get there, they're astonished. Now that tells me I, I see three things ab about their prayer time that we need to take note of. One, it was constant. I don't know if you caught that, but right in the beginning, when it told us that Peter was in prison, it says the church was, was praying for him constantly. So they've gathered together, they're on their knees. And, and that's the second thing, it was corporate. This wasn't just one or two people. The church, the believers, the devout family of Christ, the body of Christ there in Jerusalem, when they heard that Peter had been arrested, they came together. They had had their world rocked when James was executed, now Peter's in prison, and they're going to kill him too. And so they fall on their faces, and they're praying, crying out to God. But the third thing that stands out is that their prayer was somewhat weak. What were they praying for? Apparently, they were not praying for his release. Why do I say that? Well, they certainly didn't expect him to be standing at the door. They had seen miracles. They had seen prayers answered. Their response when she said, he's at the door, I recognized his voice. I'm telling you, no doubt about it, he's out there. They said, well, it must be his spirit. The word that's translated angel is the Greek word pneuma, his breath, his spirit. It, it, it can't be Peter. It must be his spirit. I guess they killed him already, and we just didn't get the word yet. They didn't expect Peter to be released. They expected to never see Peter again until heaven. What were they praying for? I don't know. We're not told. We could guess. What would you be praying for? God, just don't let him suffer. Just don't let him suffer. Lord, they're going to kill him. Don't let him suffer. Give him strength. Give him courage. Give him peace. See, that their prayers weren't big enough for Peter. You know, quite often, something that really struck me from this passage, something that I realize I'm looking at it, you know, this persecution had begun and, and Saul had taken the forefront and come after him. And, and you can be sure, because it's our human tendency, that they were angry with Saul, that they were focused on Saul, the human instrument that was being used to attack the church. I mean, think about it in your own personal life. You ever had somebody that just seems to have painted a bullseye on your back? You're just, just like you're in their crosshairs. For whatever reason, they don't like you, they're out to get your job, they're whatever the case may be, they just, you know, they have positioned themselves as your enemy. We've all experienced that to some extent at one time or another, even, even as kids in school. A bully... Whatever. We've all had experiences. And our human nature, our human tendency and temptation is that we focus on that individual or that group. And we view them as our enemy. 
We get angry with them. We get frustrated with them. And often we retaliate, even though the Bible tells us that's foolish. And we should never do that. Saul. I'll guarantee you, he was in the crosshairs of the church, at least some members of the early church, because the early church was in his crosshairs. And then all of a sudden, he's taken out of the picture. He's, he's converted, and initially they didn't believe it. He's, you know, Barnabas brings him into Jerusalem, and they're like, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with this guy. He's, he's killing Christians. And Barnabas has to convince them, at least listen to him. He's been teaching that Jesus is the Messiah. He's changed. He's converted. He's one of us. Surely they initially thought the persecution was over until now Herod. Now he's coming up. Now he's killing James and imprisoning Peter. He's going to be taken out of the picture before the end of the chapter here. Because as the Scripture teaches, as Paul later tells us, our enemy is not physical. Our enemy is not human. There's a spiritual dynamic behind it. The persecution that as Christians we're promised that we will undergo, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But the persecution is often spiritual. It's always spiritual in nature. Manifests in our physical realm where we live but it's not coming from that physical realm. That coworker that's painted a bullseye on your back is not your problem. Your problem is the spiritual entity or the demonic force that's behind it. Your problem is a spiritual persecution. Now, I'm not saying that to get you all preoccupied and freaked out about it. Because what the Scripture says is, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't need to be preoccupied and worried about it. But see, here's the thing. We need to pray for the people who are being manipulated and used to persecute us. I believe there were some in the early church who were praying for Saul. And for them, when his conversion took place, it was an answer to prayer. It was an enormous, joyous celebration. Now, there were some whose reaction was more like Jonah concerning Nineveh. I knew you were going to, God, I knew you'd have mercy on him. Man, I wanted him dead. I didn't want him saved. Our human nature gets in the way sometimes. There are people that if you stop and think about it, and we've talked about this, I alluded at one point to, you know, Fidel. And there are people who would be severely disappointed if Fidel Castro became a Christian. Because they want him tortured to death. But the reality is, God wants no man to perish. As our time with you today comes to a close, we'd like to thank you for listening to today's message on Main Thing Radio. We hope Pastor Robert's teaching has encouraged you personally and brought you a deeper understanding of your Savior. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Robert, visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. You'll also be able to learn more about Pastor Robert Fountain, the ministry of Main Thing Radio, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Right now, we'd like to take a moment and share how you can be involved in the future of Main Thing Radio. God is using ministries like this one to reach multitudes of people across the nation 
and the world. We feel so blessed to be a part of this virtual mission field, and we're excited to see where God will take us in the future. We'd like to ask you to join us in seeking God's will for our ministry and for the people who will be touched by Main Thing Radio. We'd also like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio financially. For donations of $20 or more, we have a special thank you gift to send you. This month, we're featuring Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography, A Memoir of Grace. Pastor Chuck shares his journey, the highs and lows, and how looking back offered a great perspective on how God had had a hand in his life. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening today. Be sure to tune in again for more from God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.